welcome to the Behind the GM Screen, part of the Bardic College family of podcasts. I'm Melinda, your host, and today we'll be chatting with Matt McLeod, mastermind behind the popular gaming club, Lurking Fears. We'll be talking about some of the different kinds of GMing out there. How does running for your home group differ from running at a convention or an open table at a game store or your local library? Um, Let's find out together. So, Matt, how are you tonight? Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Doing well. Thank you for asking. I, I'm I'm so excited that you're on the show with me because <laughs> I, I like to think you're part of why I'm here. So yeah, yeah, it, it's it's kind of your fault. It is kind a of a little fault. bit. It, it's a, <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. <laughs> <laughs> so we had. I want to think. I, I'd like to say. A, there were a few hiccups, but we had a really great origins. Oh yeah, this year in June, I think. Um, but that got me thinking. You know, the way you prepare a scenario or you you run a table is, at least for me, different at a convention as opposed to my home group. And you were very experienced at running in a lot of different places. So who best to to um, you know whose whose brain is best to pick for that? Matt McLeod. <laughs> Thanks. What do you think is the main difference between, do you have, I, you know, I should have probably asked, but do you have a home group? Uh, yeah. Do you have a group of people? Yeah, I have a couple home groups. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, I have like a, a group that I run uh, stuff for Eric. Uh, Eric at Book Games, I run a lot of his product with, uh, with some of the group from his, uh, his group. And then I have like a traveler group and then that I run games for and then I have off again on again like when it when I when I want to do uh like a quick mini campaign or something I'll, I'll gather people for uh, a call of Cthulhu or whatever else is you know looks cool to me at a time like right now this weekend I'm trying to get yeah. people together to do uh, a cowboy bebop beta play test it somebody sent it to me and asked me to run oh. it and I'm like sure we'll give it a trial it looks cool it looks fun it- <laughs> it does look cool. I saw I saw some of the stuff about it. Yeah. Um, so how was that? And are you including the stuff that you're doing on YouTube in there? Yeah, or yeah, is this yeah, just... yeah. The okay. traveler group I, I broadcast to uh, to our YouTube channel. Uh, now, do you do anything different for that since you know you're going to be broadcasting it? No. Or is it just no, like I, you're sitting at the table? Exactly. We do it fairly raw. Honestly, the only, I'm glad we have people that are watching, but the main reason for me to do it is that when players miss, I can point them to the video and go watch it. <laughs> I'm not. Ex- oh, that is brilliant. I'm not, I'm not explaining to you the three hours, three to four hours that we played. You know, and, and and miss stuff that might be even relevant later. Watch the watch the video. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. That is really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking ahead uh, on that. I mean, yeah, it's only taken me about you know thirty years to to figure that out. But yeah, and technology yeah. to catch up with us. So, but yeah, it, it does it does make well, it really handy. Yeah. Raz says sometimes instead of using Discord for voice, he'll just have people jump on here. Because the sound quality is so good. Yeah, the sound quality is really good here. Which I, I thought was pretty clever, too. Mm-hmm. I'm learning all kinds of new things. A whole point of this show. Uh, how cool. how do you... What is different in how you run at, a say, a convention or, you know, an open gaming table anybody can sit down at versus how you run with a group of people you know and you play with regularly? 
uh, I mean, it's it's just mostly timing, you know. Uh, at the convention, you got that four hour block you got to hit, and you don't want to you don't want to end too early, and you don't want to go late, you know, because the next person wants to play that tank game, or you don't want to keep your players from missing the next game. Uh, so it's 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 you know the biggest challenge is the timing, you know, with with the players, you know, at at home you know, or even the ones that you record with, you know, online, uh, you know, whatever you don't get to, well, we'll, we'll catch it next time we meet. You don't have that opportunity at a convention. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta make sure that the, the scenario, uh, definitely hits that frame. Now, when you sit down to run, do you sit down like, Oh, well, I, I already know these people. I just don't know their names. Um, how do you handle, cause you don't know what kind of personalities you're going to get. Although I have to say for any of our players listening, we have great players at the mm-hmm. conventions, mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I also hear you run a mother's love a little more kindly than when you're running for friends. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I am. I am a little more nicer. Yeah. With that game. I mean, out of the, 27 game times that I've run it. But the, <laughs> I believe I am the all-time world champ of running a mother's love. Uh, but um, It's a great scenario. It's a great scenario. It hits all the beats. It hits all the beats that you want in a Call of Cthulhu game. Um, and, you know, we, we, we all love Seth, so, of course, there's that bonus, too. Uh, yeah. Being able to, you know, when he when he comes up and asks us to, to, to play test it and bounce ideas off of it and throw it back at him, he, you know, he... We, we love having that collaboration. Uh, so uh, just, you know, uh, yeah, we do have a lot of returning players to the games. Uh, a lot of players that's been with us for for years with the other group, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and has moved on with us through through Lurking Fairs. And then we, we constantly get an influx of new players. Um, I mean, the, the best thing to do is, is, is to know how to read the table. And be conscious of what's going on at the table, you know, as you're playing the game. I mean, no one wants neutral, you know, neutral's boring. Yeah. Uh, but but you you, you definitely got to watch, uh, you know, where how far you can go, and and just learn watch people's body actions. You know, of course, you want to have the trigger warnings before the game, you know, what to expect before they even sit at the table. That's that's a must. Now, do you use the trigger warning in your personal game or just at no, open game? No, because I know the players, you know. That was my thinking. Um, what's yeah. your preferred trigger, your your preferred method? Because there's so many out there. I mean, my preferred trig- uh, my preferred uh, method is, yeah, trigger warnings in the description at a con. Uh, okay. You know, let you know right up front what we're doing. I mean, I know the X card's available and... It's an obvious tool, and that's great, you know, that everybody can see. But I, I can, I don't need the X card. I can watch the players, and when someone raises an eyebrow, yeah. I'm like, that's just as good as tapping the X card for me. I'm like, okay, back up. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I do. I'll tell people if it's if it's one of those scenarios, especially where I'm worried I might, yeah, um, trip some people up. I'll tell them, you know, just give me some kind of little signal or something and we'll back off from it because I want you to have fun. I used to scoff at trigger warnings. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized it's a really good tool because especially when you don't know people or sometimes in um, 
one of our own games. My husband didn't realize it, but he triggered me more than even I mm -hmm. was expecting in something that happened. So it, it's, it's a good thing to have some, some way for players to give you that feedback. Do you have any other tips for reading a table? And, and getting an idea of what's going on with your players. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's still just being intuitive with me, with the players, like not only what yeah. you're presenting, but what the players are doing. We just had kind of a, an incident like at my very last game of Origins where somebody did something or was, was acting about doing something that was a little beyond the pale, you know, <laughs> and, and everybody at the table kind of did a double take and like, what? You know, like, did, did I just hear what I thought I heard and I'm like okay you know uh, we're going to move just right past that you know we're going to ignore that happened and that's you know, I mean that's the best thing you can do you know uh, that's really I mean and again same same to me as doing the X card because uh, you know everybody everybody just you know everybody's adult you know they looked at the looked at the guy and looked at the looked at everybody else on the table like did, did we just hear what we thought we heard and I'm like yeah, yeah no we're not we're not doing that you know <laughs> you know uh, so, so, you know, it, it, again, you know, that's, that's where, you know, even though you have younger people at a table, we're all still technically adults and, and, yeah. can, and can present ourselves in a logical manner, even, you know, when we're ha having fun at the game. And, and if you can, you know, just kind of dismiss it and get, get it out of the way without any real huge kerfuffle, then, then that's fine. Everybody can forgive that, you know, that, that, that outburst, you know, maybe somebody thought they said something was going to be really funny and it's like, no, that's not, you know, but, uh, you know, or, or just, you know, a difference of generational things. Uh, you know, the game I was running was kind of like a, a, a version of like meatballs, the old, you know, camp movie, summer camp movie meatballs. Okay. Yeah. And like uh, Monster Squad. Well, one of the older players at the table, I'm <laughs> sure, was a huge fan of meatballs, was kind of going into it, you know, oh. <laughs> leaned into it. And some of that humor in meatballs today doesn't age very well, you know. No. <laughs> so, so you know, where everybody again, everybody had that little double take, and we're like, no, no, we're we're not doing that. We're just gonna go right on. And again, you know, everybody's just adult enough to accept that and go on. Yeah. Meatballs was out in what? The late 80s? 70s, late 70s, late early, 70s. Late 70s. Okay, yeah, like he just finished Saturday Night Live and that got going. I think that's his first movie. Okay, I can be honest, I've never seen it, but I know enough about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's no, it's yeah, no, it would not age, it's no blazing saddles, but you know, it's teenagers at summer camp in the late 70s. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff, is yeah, not, but you can't get away with us now, you know. No, dear listeners, just let your imagination run away with you, exactly. yeah, you'll be fine, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You, you have also run, I know, for youth at your local library, at least before the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that like? Because it's a whole different kind of table. I've, I've run for young people as well, and I have to be careful what I say. You know, I, I don't let just anything out of my mouth at the table. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, how do you how do you prepare for that? Well, a lot of times you don't even get a chance to prepare. Like one time that I remember very fondly, I was running uh, a game for a friend that runs a bookstore during free RPG days. Like, hey, do you mind running a you know a game or two 
at my, mm -hmm. at my bookstore. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I, I planned a D&D &D 5e game. This is when I still liked playing D&D &D 5e um, <laughs> or running it. So I planned it. And, um, and I had this one kind of go-to scenario that was um, a version of Rat Queens. And it was, it was a scenario actually, you know, taken from that, that graphic novel. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Uh, I'm not. Oh, Rat Queens is amazing. Um, uh, you can find it on Comixology and stuff now, I think, still. But um, super fun. D&D uh, &D meets Girls Gone Wild. It's just exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You've told me this story, but go ahead and tell it again. Cause yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, and I mean, that's what it is. Like the, you know, it follows a group of like four or five uh, female adventurers in a D and D type setting. And they, you know, they, they practice during the day at, at like a guild and sharpen their skills and they party all night, you know, you know, eating, yeah. eating mushrooms and drinking beer and engaging in promiscuous activities. Uh, you know, uh, you know, basically, you know, 20 somethings, you know, <laughs> You know, trying to do their do their do their finishing skills at a uh, at a uh, university or something, but it's a you know it's an adventuring guild. Uh, so yeah, summer camp all grown up. Summer camp all grown up, <laughs> exactly. And uh, so yeah, I planned this and stuff like that. And there were different you know kind of tongue in cheek kind of things, and you know, and again, it's one of those where you kind of had to, you know, not you have to watch the players not let it go too far. Anyway, you know, so you you're you're prepping like okay, well this situation is going to happen, you know, where can I, you know, how far can I let this situation go and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and I've come uh, set the tape, set the game up to play and I'm expecting, you know, some, some, you know, 20 somethings or, or even 30 somethings or maybe even a few older people like myself to play the game. And then come a bunch of eight, nine year old kids <laughs> with their parents I mean, like six of them, and they all come around the table, and I'm like, "Holy crap, what am I doing?" <laughs> and I'm like, you know, first off, they all wake up like hungover, you know, like that's the beginning of the game. Like, woke up, they wake up hungover in like other people's clothes, and are trying to spend the rest of the adventure trying to figure out what the hell happened. I mean, the, the name of the game is called The Hangover, and it's like a version of that movie where they're like, they wake up and like, they're trying to retrace the steps of what happened the night before. And uh, they come across other people and then have a little adventure and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, uh, we got to take this completely back, <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, and, you know, we kept some of the elements in because even though they're eight or nine year olds, they know what happens when, you know, mom and daddy drinks a little too much, uh, you know, <laughs> silly, funny stuff kind of happens, you know? Uh, yeah. We didn't, we didn't embrace it totally, but we're like, you know, okay, okay. You know, you guys have a nice party and you're not you're waking up the next day, not feeling too great. This is what's happening. You know, and we, and we, we took a much more uh, first, second grade version of that game, uh, which <laughs> was still amazing. Cause again, these kids, even even though they're only eight nine years old, like they knew the game, they knew the rules, they knew what dice to use, what the abilities their characters could do, you know what the spells meant and stuff like that. They 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 are they were practice players, and I would stack them against any any seasoned five E player and go and go have at it. You know, um, so they knew the game, and they just wanted somebody to tell them a great story, and that's that's what I'm all about. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if, if I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. I'm an adaptive 
uh, gym. And that's one thing I can bless myself with is like, I can, I can come to a, to a situation and go, okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to do this, <laughs> you know, and that saved my bacon literally that game, that, that, that day, yeah. you know, and being able to have that skill. I just want to um, give a round of applause to the parents. That's parenting done right. The kids knew how to play at eight and nine. Yeah, kids knew how. To, I mean, they, yeah, I mean, I mean, they were young. Like they were standing at the table, and you're like, you could barely see. You know, they could take, you could barely see their head and neck above the table. And I'm like, oh my god, these are you know, there's wonderful little kids. There's a picture of it on Facebook. I put on on on, on the page again. But I love, absolutely loved doing it. It was a complete joy. But yeah, watching them come in, you could have seen my face fall. Like, oh, no. Because yeah, I've run it out, run it a couple times at conventions and, and people get into that, you know, that college frat kind of mindset and have an absolute blast with it, you know? And they're like, yeah, because again, this is fantasy. This is make-believe. You know, as long as nobody's getting hurt, <laughs> you know, even in the yeah. game, we're, we're having fun. It's fine, you know? Uh, so yeah. yeah, but yeah, you can't you can't present that to these kids if it's going to be a new experience to them. So yeah, yeah, you can't you can't do that and go, hey, you know, watch these mushrooms that you're eating. You might feel a little funny, but you can't you can't do that. Uh, so uh, no, no, and uh, and you know, like nobody, none of the parents come up and walk their kid out of the room. So I think that as a plus, they were all chuckling along and and watching the kids have a good time. So yeah, well done. Mm-hmm. So. It sounds like some of the important things when you're running at a convention or a game store or wherever, and you don't necessarily know the players is be mindful of the player reactions around the table. Mm-hmm. Um, be very adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. I, and it's always, it's important to be able to think on your feet mm-hmm. as a GM. Well, it's part of being adaptive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people who don't, don't think that they're good at that because I'll be honest, I didn't realize how good at that I was till that first origins I ran for you guys at, Mm -hmm. you might be surprised what you can do under pressure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a a preferred um, type of group you liked GM for? Or, or am I going to put you on the spot with your regular players? No, if, if no, I no, have no. Answer that. no, no, no. I mean, there are, I, I do have like a group that, you know, that, that I, I fit comfortable with that again, that I don't have to worry about, gee, is this going to, is this going to fly with this group? Uh, kind of like that one game I ran at my birthday con. Uh, oh yeah. You know, uh, I would not run that game at a con. No way would I run that game at and, and you're, you were a little hesitant just having my husband set in because it, you didn't know him. Exactly. And I was like, mm. and I was like, well, she's, he's Melinda's husband. It can't be, can't be that bad. She's, he's got to be aware of some stuff, that's going on. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it's really, I mean, there, yeah. there is, there are some times where I'm taking away the character's agency, the player's agency in that game, but it, yeah. it's a major part of that game. And you have to get them to buy into that and go, okay, you know. Uh, so, so that that's the, that was the biggest hurdle for me in that game. And I knew, like with all these other players, I could go, this happened. You're already screwed. You know, uh, we're just trying to figure yeah. out how how you're going to get out of this if you can, you know, and and and, yeah. and play that situation out. And I, you know, and I was nervous with your husband there, but 
you know, just to, just to see if he would go, you know, you know, I'll screw this and flip the table and walk, I'll walk away. But, you know, he, yeah, he wasn't that guy, which, you know, thank, thank yeah. goodness. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, you definitely have to, you, you have a group that you're comfortable with that you know that you can approach things with. And, and, and it's because you have that trust, you know, you, uh, yeah. the, the covenant between the GM and the players when the home game is, is absolute in that situation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, you're not going to do anything that the players are going to go, whoa, or at least that you can't sit back and go, okay, we need to discuss this before we go further. You know, yeah. where, where the sit where we're at a convention. Yeah. You're once it's out there, it, it's hard to take back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's done. Uh, you know, mistakes can be made at a home game and everybody go, oh, you know, let's not, let's not concentrate on this. Let's concentrate on that. And, and everybody's like, okay, fine. You know, and, 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 we'll, and we'll go with that. Yeah. And at, at a convention, you just, you never really know. No. no. Although I love running for conventions. It, I have the most fun because yeah. they, okay. It's getting to the point now where some of them know me, but my first couple of years, nobody knew me. So it was a fresh start, a blank slate, no expectations. Um, it was great. Absolutely. Anyway, our time is about up. I want to thank you so much for being my second guest. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, what is what is up next for Matt McLeod as well as Lurking Fears? Well, uh, of course, we're looking right at Gen Con in, uh, in about a month, a little over a month. Uh, it'll be our first yeah. time as a group uh, running games at Gen Con. Uh, it's going to be really similar to us as far as running games at Origins as far as everything is organized. Uh, you know, but it's going to be a new con for a lot of us and, uh, you know, and, and people and stuff like that yeah. that we'll be playing for, uh, kind of a new situation for us, for some of our, for some of our GMs. Uh, so, so that is a, a, a big step for us is that we, I finally got enough, uh, players that I could present enough GMs rather that I could present a viable group to Gen Con and go, okay, we're going to run X amount of games. What kind of room can you give me? <laughs> to run these games in you know so, yeah so that that was that's huge for us it is, it is a big step for us uh you know we kind we kind of are uh our big fish in a in a medium-sized pond at origins <laughs> you know yeah uh, uh, uh yeah we're, we're we're really comfortable there uh you know we kind of know what we can do and what we can get away with there at origins um uh, gen con is 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 the was the next challenge is you know of course in doing that and just you know, being able to take that um, that though you know these conventions as they're coming, and, and keep moving, uh, that, that's the biggest part for me. And and I think that the actual growth part for me next year will be uh, not uh, having to deal so much with the admin stuff and allowing other people that want to do admin stuff to to kind of step in and. Uh, I'm looking at a couple of people that want to do that and I'm like, okay, you know, that, that will take some of that work off me that I could, that I can allow them to do that. And I, and then I won't have to worry about doing that plus running games, plus hosting the room, <laughs> you know, on, on, on yeah. you know, basically be on 24 seven at the con. Uh, so, yeah. so that, that's a, uh, that's a good step for me. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be able to, to have some people who are wanting to step up and do that. 
Well, I can honestly say my household is super excited about Gen Con. Nice. It's a family affair, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is this year for us. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm hoping, you know, cross your fingers for a variety of reasons. I'm hoping that um, our, our eldest Rowan is up to making the trip. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be hopeful. I'm going to say she is. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Because I, I know they really want to go. Me too. Um, I, I do too. She's got a lot of games on the channel. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one kidding. of the reasons. <laughs> Come on. <Ron>. Um, <laughs> no. And the other thing is, is, is it okay if I put a plug out there, if you would, and if not, I'll, you know, Raz can cut it. I know. Um, but if you would like to be a GM with lurking fears, Matt is the person to get in touch with. Yeah. We are always looking for really good. Well, he's always looking for really good, um, GMs yeah. who know their way around the gaming table, even if you've never run at a convention before. Absolutely. Look at me. Absolutely. And here I am. Um, it's a great group of people. And we have, there is a right. Facebook group. <laughs> a little warped. Um, yeah, we're all right. But no, no. I, think I, I think I finally recovered from uh, one of the players in our tournament deciding that he would try to seduce Grindel's monster on me. You know, sometimes you just can't do that. You know, I don't care what the ice cream <laughs> does. I don't care. If you, I don't care if you rolled that twenty. You you can't do it. No. Actually, he helped me out because I needed to move things on. Yeah. To keep it going, and he didn't realize that he he gave me the perfect opportunity to get the monster out of there. Yeah, that's that works. <laughs> so it worked well, but it it kind of broke me for a moment. Um, yeah. We have we have a Facebook group that please go join it. It's lurking fears, and while you're checking out Facebook groups. There's also the Cthulhu and Cairo um, Facebook group that I would love for you to join as well. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to wrap this up unless Matt has anything else he'd like to add in. No. Yeah. I mean, catch us at Lurking Fears uh, on Facebook. Uh, if you want to email me directly, it's, you know, Matthew McLeod seven at gmail.com. If you want to ask about anything uh, regarding conventions, you know, if you have a question about a, a convention in general, or if you're looking to run a game that run games at a con that we might not be at, uh, but you're not, you know, if you, you don't know about the con, uh, email me. I, I might know them or know people that know them and can give you uh, give you some insight on what's going on. It Matt is seriously an excellent convention resource. Yeah. Yep. He really is. Don't mean to well, humble brag, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Humble brag, please. Humble brag. You, you put a lot of you put a lot of work into getting lurking fears where it's at, and I am in awe. Um, so we're gonna wrap things up though here for this episode. Again, thank you for listening to Behind the GM Screen with me, Melinda Folk, and my special guest Matt McLeod. You can find Behind the GM Screen most everywhere podcasts are to be found, and you can interact with us at the Bardic College. In the Cthulhu and Cairo Facebook group, you can even suggest someone you'd like to see as a guest. Thanks, and I'll see you next time. See you then. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to be alerted when future episodes are released. You can find all of the Bardic College shows on most of your favorite podcast streaming services. To support our network, please visit us at www.patreon.com slash thebardiccollege to hear our behind-the-scenes updates, our character solo adventures from Cthulhu and Cairo, and our exclusive Patreon spinoff campaign, Operation Poltergeist.